Welcome back to The Mental Space and a very special edition today. We are live here at the Lighthouse Retreat in Ras Al-Khaimah. Why? Because when Thor is looking after his mental health, then you know, guys, it's time for us to lean in. If you hadn't seen, there's a recent documentary by actor Chris Hemsworth in which he examines and explores the benefits of dealing with stress, the cost of our mental health, and the physical benefits and the mental health benefits of practices such as meditation, fire and ice, which is saunas and ice baths. There is a whole science behind longevity and performance. And why am I here today, here in this beautiful setting? I'm here with Simon Dunn, the founder of The Lighthouse Retreat. And I'm proud to say that Mental has teamed up with The Lighthouse Retreat on a special men's retreat. Guys, we need to lean into our mental health. And Simon, welcome to The Mental Space. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Now, we're going to be doing this retreat, which is going to dive into the secrets of performance, coping with stress and longevity. Um, just give us, before we get into the kind of meat and drink of what we're going to be doing here, your little, if we're talking about Marvel, your origin story, where, where Simon Dunn, The Lighthouse Retreat, tell us your background and why you've done this. Sure. So... Uh, originally, I was a, a professional golfer. I played on tour for about eight to ten years in Europe and Asia. So, uh, used to performing under pressure, traveling the world, playing competitive golf, yeah. and, which is fantastic. Really enjoyed that. However, about um, five or six years ago, working in a normal corporate job, you would say, um, I was really struggling. Yeah. I was about uh, 15, 16 kilos heavier than right. I am now. Um, I was having real problems with some health issues. I had uh, really high blood pressure. I remember the time I was actually um, at going to hospital to get a checkup and my blood pressure was 200 over 130. And uh, yeah, it's pretty high. <laughs> and the doctors at the time actually said, you know, if you were any other age, we wouldn't let you leave the building. So that was a real wake up call for me. And it was a case of, okay, well, what am I doing? What can I do to get out of this sort of rut I'd found myself in. So I started to go to retreats in Asia. Uh, my first retreat was in Phuket, in Thailand. And it was a real game changer. It was, uh, I was able to, over a short period of time, positively affect not only my blood pressure, uh, I managed to lose a little bit of weight. And actually, I found that I had a lot more clarity in terms of my thinking, my processes, how I felt, decision-making as well. And that was sort of the light bulb moment in the case of there's actually, there are positive things we can do and options that we have when things we feel are not going well. So my wife and I were in similar situations in terms of stress and burnout. So we both went to about three or four different retreats in 18 months. And it was a real course correct. So from that, it sort of started that genesis of, you know, how did we find retreats? How did we find elements of how we can improve how we're feeling? Yeah. Um, and it was a case of how can we make this accessible and and what are our favorite bits from different retreats? And that was the genesis of the Lighthouse Retreat. Uh, our favorite elements from different retreats that we thought worked for us and also element of that education and behavioral change element that, you know, some retreats... Uh, you are, have amazing experiences, but you can't take those into your normal routines, behaviors. Yeah. You can't do a boot camp, for example, all the time. You can't do an ultra-fast, uh, columnar-based retreat all the time because it just, you know, you can't do that. So as an if, what can we do from all these best elements to 
to bring that all together into a fairly well-rounded experience. And that was what brought us around the idea of the retreat here. So since then, uh, both my wife and I are both qualified yoga instructors. My wife is a Reiki grandmaster, which completely changed her life. Uh, and I'm also a, a qualified and experienced uh, Tibetan sound healer as well. So it was really a, our personal journey of experience and discovery and uh, experiencing and understanding all those different things that we can bring to people and understand, well, it's not about, um, you know, you must or you have to do these things. It's just yeah. inviting a space that we can create all these great experiences and allow people to experience that and just, you know, soak it all in, so to speak. Yeah. Now, we are cur curating a program mm -hmm. um, specifically designed to introduce men to some of the practices. Um, and we've looked at, you know, again, the kind of things that Chris Hemsworth were looking at. Mm -hmm. um, to frame the problem, though, because I imagine, I know mean, we've spoken in the past, like a lot of, this is one of your first men's retreats that you're going to be mm -hmm. doing. I mean, we look at the issues right now. Um, and if we're talking about performance, we're talking about how men can get, you know, how men can improve. Mm -hmm. um, recently, we've had a number of reports by very serious institutes. We've had the McKinsey Institute, which talks about high levels of burnout. We've had the Booper Institute as well. Sorry, Booper did their executive survey. Mm -hmm. And they talk about 94% um, of CEOs um, struggling with their mental health and burnout, 20% of them struggling from acute burnout, 50% uh, of them looking for a new job and a better work-life balance. Yep. So it feels that this is quite timely that we're going to be doing this. Why were you so keen? Because we started this conversation just very recently, but why were you so keen to actually go, do you know what, men, it's time for us to kind of figure out how we can get some tools to optimize ourselves. Uh, it's a good point. I think for, well, from our side, from the retreat, from our operating experience, majority of our guests are, are women um, who are management, C-suite, you know, professional women, yeah. uh, probably about 90%. And we do have some guys that come through, but for guys, it's a much different uh, prospect. You know, we have got this whole ego thing going on. Um, when we've normally got two default settings. If things are not going well, we either go to the gym to try and get buff yeah. or we go out to the pub. Right. Yeah. Uh, and there's a few bits in between, but those are pretty much our default settings. And, you know, there's an element of understanding in vulnerability and our ego that drives guys to go, you know, I'm fine. I don't talk about it. We don't express ourselves very well. Yeah. And it's not to say that guys need to, you know, change it's a case of i think it's adapting and it's realizing it's okay to say right okay i'm not in the space i need to be yeah and being okay with well i need to do something proactively for me and myself and um you know the ego thing for guys is really really difficult i think and is it's not about we don't share to say when we're vulnerable we wouldn't share and talk to guys you know i'm not i'm not happy i'm not in a good space things are not going well. So it's 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 real tricky for guys. To, you know. Well, I mean, the statistics are alarming in this space. And, and sometimes, you know, we can write off mental health, you know, um, as a bit woo-woo, mm -hmm. um, some, you know, from a, particularly from a, from a guy's perspective. Yep. But then when we look at it, like, I mean, I've got a, a boy who's just starting his first job. Second biggest killer of young men in the UK is suicide. And yep. actually, if you look at the suicide stats around guys between 40 and 49, mm. again, they're absolutely alarming. And they'll tell you that we're 
four to five times are more likely to kill ourselves than women. Yep. Um, you know, we won't talk about these things. We will bottle mm. them up. Yep. I think what I'm really excited about with this partnership is the fact that we're going to be focusing on tools that guys can use mm. Um, to help themselves. Now, yes, there is some talking involved in there, yep. but it's more self-talk in some respects than necessarily having to uh, admit any kind of problems. It's sure. more about having tools that you can use internally. Yep. Um, let, I mean, if we just talk through the menu of some of the stuff we're going to be doing mm -hmm. during this Lighthouse Retreat. So one of the first things we're going to be looking at is fire and ice which for me is the kind of like the, the, the kind of like really exciting, um, which is, you know, looking at the benefits of saunas, but also ice baths. And yep. there's been a growing conversation about ice baths. We're going to go out into the desert and do a fireside chat and kind of examine what's going on mm -hmm. with mental health in a very kind of like guy safe space around the fire yep. in the, you know, in the desert. Um, we're also going to be looking at, um, all sorts of different practices that, that guys can bring into their daily lives. Yeah. Let's focus for a second then on fire and ice. Um, saunas, ice bath, extreme temperatures. This was a big episode in the, the Limitless documentary where Chris Hemsworth, I mean, he was swimming in the Arctic. Okay, we can't quite replicate that here, but he was also then bringing saunas and that sort of thing. Tell me about the science of all of this, Simon. Sure. So it's, it's, there's more and more uh, science in uh, literature coming out now with uh, fire and ice. It's obviously something that's been done traditionally in certain areas of the world for quite a while. And it's a case of individuals uh, knew it was positive in a way, but they didn't know why. Whereas now the science is backing a lot of this now. So if we're just looking at sauna, for example, yeah. uh, to start with, we're looking at elements of um, what you would call positive stress to the body. So stress that the body takes in a positive way does something physiologically to you, to you and then your body progresses past it. So you're looking at trying to get uh, into a sauna that's at least you know 80 degrees. Uh, plus, and and individuals who um, can look at periods of exposure to heat. You're looking at elements of of you know uh, cardiovascular um, improvement in how they are. So it mimics elements of of workout. But what the you know the the real interesting thing for me is that if you're looking at car, you know death by cardiovascular events, you know if they've shown if you can be in a sauna two to three times a week, you actually reduce that that event or percentage of dying from an event by 26%. So we're not talking about marginal gains. There's huge leaps forward. And if you're able to do four, four, uh, four or more times in a sauna a week, you're actually looking at a decrease in death by 50%. Uh, and, you know, so it's a huge, huge element. And, you know, that's in, just in terms of individuals looking at those, that's an amazing uh, element of, of reduction in, in death from a cardio event. Um, but you're looking at elements, you know, you're, they've done a, a really interesting study. Uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Huberman Labs uh, podcast. And he talks about uh, elements of testosterone and gro a growth hormone and everything. Yeah, yeah. And there's a huge um, spike if you're able to do a certain regime with sauna. So if, if you don't necessarily do lots of frequency of sauna, but they found if you can do in an ind one day, if you're able to do two hours of sauna in one day, one day per week. Yeah. So you could do, let's say, 30 minutes, then a rest and 30 minutes. 30 minutes is a lot for some people, but yeah. two hours. Yeah. They found you can actually increase your human growth hormone by 16%. Sorry, uh, 16 times. Yeah. 
So that's a 1,600% increase in growth, in growth hormone from doing a specific sauna regime. This is where it gets really interesting from a performance point of view mm. because, um, I mean, it's sometimes clumsily labelled as the, the midlife crisis. Yep. But we know as guys, particularly once we're in a, a leadership position, we're in a management position, often at this point we've got... Um, factors such as, okay, so we've got kids and we've got responsibilities there. We're in a management position, so we've got responsibility to a bottom line and on often either a board or uh, bosses even above us. Uh, we've got a responsibility to our staff. Um, we've got a responsibility to our kids because we're parents and there's a lot going on there. At the same time, as we get past 40, our bodies are slowing down. Now, it's not the same as what women go through with their menopause, mm. but the male menopause is actually a thing. We do start losing levels of testosterone. So Absolutely. we do start losing energy levels, mm. which is when the stress of all of those different roles begins to kick in. Mm. That's when we begin to adopt uh, you know, uh, habits that are not good for us, which is Absolutely. when the brunch belly and the moobs come on, um, have been guilty of that and still guilty of that and still trying to figure that one out. So that's where this is like, if, if I'm in the C-suite, um, I, you know, and I'm just, even if I don't get mental health, mm. if I get performance and wanting to perform better and feel better in myself, this is the kind of science that I really need to be leaning into. Absolutely. I think ultimately, if you are an individual who's, in better balance and be able to perform better, you're able to deal with adversity better. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, a better performer is a better leader. Yeah. And a better leader is a better performer all around for the organization. So you're in a situation where it's not just about, you know, obviously looking after your individual performance, but yeah. also actually you become a better a better person, a better manager, a better leader yeah. by extension. Yeah. Um, and all these, your testosterone, testosterone is a huge one. It's, yeah, yeah. You know, and then uh, especially you know, individuals start talking about gains in the gym and elements of that, but it's, it's a much wider conversation. Yeah. And uh, we found with the ice bath as well, the literature also, you know, you're looking at things like dopamine and endorphins, they spike two to 300% for hours after exposure in a cold bath. So it's not just like a, a short couple of minutes of let's do an ice bath, I feel great. This is an extension of, um, you know, feel good hormones that actually drive how you feel, yeah. how you perform, yeah. um, your well overall wellness and well-being. And, you know, it increases your metabolism as well. So it's a case of, uh, you know, these elements of ice and fire, sauna and ice bath, you know, it's um, obviously for longevity and overall health and wellness. But I think the mental side is a real interesting element because it's, people feel better. I'm, I'm going to drill back into the ice in a second because mm. that's also really, really interesting. Yep. And having done it once with you, yes. it's it's very eye-opening. Um, but again, if we just talk about the performance, I mean, you look, mm. you've been a professional sportsman. Yep. Um, I've been um, an editor in the business world for a long, long time before I launched The Mental Project. Um, it, it's, it's not the, like the, the closely guarded secret that most of the really successful people at the top, we're talking the billionaires mm. and we're talking the multimillionaires, Often we look at some of this stuff, perhaps on mass, as guys and go, "Oh yeah, you know." So again, is it a bit woo-woo? All these guys are at the top of their game are doing their stuff. Yeah, you know, they're looking at, they're meditating, they're looking after their mental health, they're looking after their physical performance in terms of you know fire and ice and that kind of thing. You've been a professional sportsman as well, so you have you experienced the benefits in performance, but you know, looking after yourself and or. The flip side of that, when you're not looking after yourself, you feel the performance slips away. 
Absolutely. I think um, you you experience elements of of stress and uh, elements of you know when things are not going well and how you react to that in different ways. And I think you you you, you mentioned there, you know, we call it woo woo, or so. Uh, there are elements of holistic wellness and overall wellness practices. It's not all about um, sitting in a circle chanting. <laughs> you know, as there's this element of understanding, it's like, you know, you've got to, you have to go and live in a cave and, you know, every, drop everything. It's not, it's not about that. And, you know, high performers in all industries, you know, this meg, this super successful people from all different walks of life, they have elements of things like morning routines, specific routines that it may, you could observe it and you might call it meditation, but it's part of their routine. Or it could be elements of, of physical activity, grounding, getting sunlight, having all these positive elements in their routines, which you, looking from the outside in, you could say, okay, well, that's meditation, that's grounding, that's a bit of spirituality. However, it's something that grounds them in their routine, grounds them in their their focus, and allows them to actually perform better as an individual. And it, it re- gives them a reset. And it's a bit like when you have a sportsman, uh, you know, you can take rugby, for example. You know, Johnny Wilkerson used to have that funny pre-kick routine with his hands and everything. What is he doing? When he first did that, people thought he was crazy. However, his pre-shot routine linked his to his performance directly. So his pre-shot routine and his routine there set him up for excellence. And that transfers to everyday life. So your pre-morning or pre-work routine gives you a foundation. And that foundation gives you the springboard to perform and be better at whatever you're doing whether that's a two-minute meditation or going to the gym for a little bit or doing an ice bath in the morning, which yeah. kickstarts your day and, you know, your body's alive. You're finding the sweet spot of what you do. It's not saying, okay, these are all the tools. You have to do all of them. Yeah. These, are the, these are some of the options. Find what really works for you yeah. and resonates with you in terms of what I would say your physicality and your soul. It's not, not spirituality, but just what really resonates with you. Find that and then use that as a springboard for growth. Not saying you must do this or you have to do that or, you know, I have to get up at five o'clock in the morning. That's just what someone does. You know, those are options. Find what really works within your lifestyle, your family, your your job, you know, you know, the dogs, the cats, the pets, all the, you know, the children. Absolutely. Because again, there's this hierarchy of importance. Yeah. Um, everything fits within together and it's finding what what's practical. And it's really interesting finding that balance within yourself. I know that's part of the journey as well, I think, you know. So fire and ice, we've mm-hmm. talked a little bit about the fire. Yeah. Um, give us a, a, a bit about the ice because, mm. I mean, I've done this with it, but lots of people are talking about the benefits of yep. ice baths. Yep. And what you set up here is like, you set up ice baths here by the seafront. Yeah. Um, what kind of temperatures are we talking about and what kind of benefits are we talking about? So uh, we, you, you want to try and get an ice bath as cold as physically that you can take it. We're not trying to get something so cold that, you know, you could get a, a heart attack. Well, that's not what, what we're trying to do. So, and, you know, people would say anything under 12 degrees centigrade uh, is a positive but and as cold as you can get it, and you want to get in, you feel like, oh, I want to get out. Yeah, that's the temperature. As long, but that varies. I for can everybody. genuinely say the, yeah. the second I got in with you, <laughs> yeah. uh, I wanted to get out. Yeah, but that's the thing. So yeah. we're finding a temperature that works for you, and people yeah. get more temperature adapted as you go along. Yeah. So as you get a bit more experience and 
uh, to it, you can actually start bringing the temperature down a little bit. Yeah. Um, but if you can get it around, you know, between five and seven degrees centigrade, that's that's great. Um, so you're looking to try and get into an ice bath up to the neck. Yeah. Um, and you're trying to, depends on how you are with your hands and your feet. Hands and feet are the hardest getting in the water because, you know, you've got the most they amount really, of... They <laughs> really, really are. Okay, so, just take it from me. But so, but if you can get your hands and feet in, uh, the effect of the cold water is is, um, is higher. So with water, it's a higher transfer of heat than air. So, for example, you know, some in, some people like the, the cryo, which is really good. But if you get, you know, old-fashioned just an ice bath, the water actually gets into contact with your skin. But then you're trying to, you need to try and move around because you sort of build up a layer of hot water around you. But um, it conducts heat very well. I was going to say, talk, talk to me about the science of the benefits there. Yeah. Why, why are we sitting in this sure. bath freezing our backside off? Sure. So and um, in terms of uh, physiology, looking at uh, what you would call like a runner's high happens straight away. So dopamine and, uh, ser- and serotonin elements and endorphins rise up to two, three hundred percent for an ice bath. Your, uh, so that, and that effect carries on for hours afterwards. So that's the feel good element, you know, how you feel, uh, your mood and all that sort of thing. But in terms of, you know, uh, physiology as well, your body in terms of trying to create heat, we have two types of fat, sort of the white adipose fat, which is our wobbly fat. Um, <laughs> Plenty of that. Yeah, well, um, same, we all have it. And then our, our brown adipose fat. So brown adipose fat has an element of um, ATP uh, activation in it, and it, it creates heat. Yeah. So what our body does, it tries to, uh, it turns white adipose fat into brown fat, okay. which is good. Right. So the, the white fat is not what we want. We want more brown fat, and that actually raises our metabolism, right. uh, and that carries on, the, the metabolism effect carries on for hours, if not days, after an ice bath. So you can actually burn a serious amount of calories in the ice bath and raising that metabolism for guys as well. We're trying to obviously go to the gym and raise metabolic rate yeah. so we can lose weight, so to speak, or have a, 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 you know, in terms of calories in, calories out, all that sort of stuff. But it's, um, you know, that's, that's an inflammation also is one of the big key things for fire and ice. So if you look at a lot of illnesses or diseases, you're looking at elements of increased inflammation in the body that, end up as a result of high blood pressure or even MS yeah. or um, arthritis. These are all inflammatory markers of the body, how it deals with it. So inflammation is a, is a huge thing for ice bath. Um, so it's, uh, you know, the inflammation reduces uh, once you, the, we're looking at in terms of minimum timings to do ice bath. You're looking at, if you can at least do 11, 12 minutes a week, then you get that positive effect of, okay of uh, metabolic rate and uh, brown fat and all those sorts of things. I can definitely say like, because it, it was interesting because you do fire and ice. Mm-hmm. So we're in the sauna, yeah. we come straight out of the sauna and then we're into the ice yeah. bath. And then we're back in the sauna yes. and we're back in the ice bath. Yeah. Uh, I mean, for me, it was absolutely eye-opening. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how you feel when you come out of that, when you've done that. So yeah. for me, I mean, almost we're just coming to this for the ice, you know, the fire and ice session. Yeah. Um, 
Simon, thanks very much for sitting down with us and joining us on the uh, on the mental space today. We're going to be back very soon at the Lighthouse Retreat, and we'll talk about some of the extra things that we're going to be doing during the three day retreat that we've got planned for men here in Ras Al Khaimah at the Lighthouse Retreat. So, if you are interested in joining us on the retreat, men's retreat, tackling performance, stress, and longevity, and come on, who doesn't want to live live longer? Um, please get in touch with us. You can either get, get in touch with us at mental and the mental.space or indeed with Simon at the lighthouseretreat.com. Correct, yes. Uh, and find out more. And we'll be back soon with more information about what's coming up in this exciting program. <laughs>